Three weeks ago, this very afternoon, I stood in the peace and the quiet of the American War Memorial Cemetery of the Philippines in Manila. There was a spirit of reverence in the warm tropical air that day. Situated among the carefully cut grass were acres and acres of white markers which contained the names of men, mostly young, who in battle in World War II had given their lives. I let my eyes pass name by name along the colonnades of honor, and as I did so, tears came easily and without embarrassment. And as my eyes filled with tears, my heart swelled with pride, and I continued to gain amazement at the high price of liberty and the costly sacrifice which some had been called upon to bear. And then my thinking turned from those who so bravely served and gallantly died, and I seemed to picture in my mind a grief-stricken mother, the mother of each one, standing with that fateful telegram in her hand which told her of a precious son's supreme sacrifice. I pondered the thought, who can measure mother's grief? Who can probe mother's love? Who can contemplate in its entirety the lofty role of mother? With perfect trust in God, she places her hand in his and then walks down into the valley of the shadow of death that you and I might come forth to a newness of life. This is the bravery of our mothers. The poet said, The holiest words my tongue can frame, The noblest thoughts my soul can claim, Unworthy are to praise her name, More precious than all others. An infant when her love first came, A man I find it still the same, Reverently I breathe her name, The blessed name of Mother. In this sacred setting today, I should like to consider for a moment with you, Mother. Actually, I'd like to speak of four mothers. First, Mother Forgotten. Second, Mother Remembered. Third, Mother Blessed. And finally, Mother Loved. Mother Forgotten is everywhere to be found. My, the nursing homes are crowded and the hospital beds are filled. The days come, then go, and often the weeks and the months pass, and Mother is not visited. Can we appreciate the loneliness of her heart as hour by hour, alone in her age, she gazes out the window for the loved one that does not visit, the letter which the postman does not bring. She listens for the knock that does not sound the phone that does not ring, the voice she does not hear. Imagine her frustration when just across the way she sees another mother welcome the glad hello of a son, the warm embrace of a daughter, or the cheery exclamation of a child, Hello, grandmother. There are other ways that we forget mother. Whenever we fall, whenever we do less than we ought, in a very real way we forget mother. Last Christmas, I stood in the entranceway of a nursing home in Salt Lake City. Alongside of me was the proprietress, 
She opened the door to a living room where a group of elderly mothers were seated. And then she said, Look at Mrs. Hansen. Her daughter visits her every Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. You can set your watch by it. And look at Sister Peck. Every Wednesday morning, the postman brings to her a letter from her son in New York. She reads it, then rereads it, then folds it away like a piece of treasure. But look at Sister Carol. Her family never visits, never phones, never writes. Apologetically, she speaks words which are heard but somehow do not convince. She says they're all too busy to come. To which I say, shame on any person who makes of a noble woman a mother forgotten. Hearken unto thy father who begat thee, wrote Solomon, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Can we not make of every mother forgotten a mother remembered? Men yield to their better natures, and they turn from evil when mother is remembered. I like the account told by Colonel Higginson, a famous officer in the Civil War. He was asked on one occasion to recount the incident of the war which he felt held the record for bravery. To the astonishment of his listeners, he did not describe a battle on the battlefield. He told of one of his young officers who was a noble and a brave person, a young man who was honorable, pure in his thinking, free from the dissipations which other men indulged in. One night after a party where a number of the officers had become inebriated, one of them stood up and in jest said to the other officer, You haven't been drinking tonight. Why don't you propose a toast? The young officer stood with every eye upon him. Though he were pale, he nevertheless had self-assurance, and he said, Gentlemen, I shall propose a toast, which you may drink as you choose, but which I shall drink in water. Gentlemen, I give you our mothers. Instantly a strange spirit seemed to come over the tipsy men. They drank the toast in silence. The laughter ceased, the music stopped, one by one each left the room. You see, the lamp of memory had begun to burn, and the name of mother had touched each person's heart. I remember as a boy, I looked forward to attending Sunday school on Mother's Day. Ours was the task to hand to each mother a small potted plant, and then to sit back in silent reverie as a member of our ward, Melvin Watson, a man who was blind, would find his way to the piano and then would touch all of us with that beautiful song, That Wonderful Mother of Mine. That was the first time I'd ever seen a blind man cry, and I think I can still picture in memory those tears as they would come from beneath his closed eyelids and form little rivulets and trickle down his cheek falling at last on the lapel of a suit that he had never seen. In boyhood puzzlement, I wondered why every man was so quiet, why so many white handkerchiefs came from so many pockets. And then I realized that every boy and every girl, every man and every woman had made a silent pledge, I will remember 
that wonderful mother of mine. I think, too, of a man, a friend of mine, who in middle age lost his beloved widowed mother. She went home to a well-earned reward. He and his brothers and sisters assembled at the family home, sat around the large dining room table, and on the center of the table they placed mother's little treasure box where she kept those things which were of greatest worth to her. One by one, each treasure came forth. The first was the marriage certificate, Salt Lake Temple. Oh, now mother and dad could be together again. The second treasure to come forth was the deed to the home, the home where each boy and girl, in turn, had entered the stage called mortality. The appraised value of that home had little resemblance to the worth mother attached to it. And then there was taken a final treasure from the box, a little white envelope becoming yellow with age. Carefully, the oldest son opened the flap and took forth from that envelope a small valentine, homemade, containing the childlike pencil marks of the man who held it in his hand. The message was simple. I love you, Mother. By what Mother had held sacred, she taught yet another lesson to her children. Each one made a pledge not only to remember Mother, but to honor her. For them it was not a case of too little and too late, as in the classic poem by Rose Marinoni entitled At Sunrise. They pushed him straight against the wall. The firing squad dropped in a row, and why he stood on tiptoes, those men shall never know. He wore a smile across his face as he stood primly there, the gun straight aiming at his heart, the sun upon his hair. For he remembered in a flash those days beyond recall when his proud mother took his height against the bedroom wall. Mother had been remembered. Now may we consider Mother blessed. I turn to the Holy Scripture for what is to me one of the most moving and beautiful accounts of our Savior's compassion when he saw the grief of a mother, even the widow at Nain. The Holy Record records that it came to pass that the Lord came unto a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. And when he came nigh unto the city, behold, a dead man was carried out, he being the only son of his widowed mother. And she was in the city with much people. When the master saw her, he had compassion for her, and said unto her, Weep not. And then he stepped to the bier, and he touched it, and they that bare him stood still. And the master spoke, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and spoke, and Jesus delivered him to his mother. What power, what compassion, what love did the Savior thus demonstrate? Oh, if we would only realize that we have the same power and the same capacity 
needed our eyes to see the pitiable plight and ears to hear the silent longings of a troubled heart, yes, and a soul filled with compassion, so that we could communicate not only eye to eye or mouth to ear, but in the majestic style of the Lord, even heart to heart, and then all mothers everywhere would be mothers blessed. Finally, mothers loved. I turned to primary, and a little poem I learned years ago, I hope I can recall it, the message is touching to me, entitled, Which Loved Best? I love you, mother, said little John, then forgetting his work his cap went on, and he was off to the garden swing, leaving mother the wood and the water to bring. I love you, mother, said Rosie Nell, I love you more than words can tell. So she teased and she pouted half the day, till mother rejoiced when she went to play. I love you, mother, said little Fan, Today I'll help you all I can. How glad I am that school doesn't keep. So she rocked the baby till it fell asleep. Then stepping softly, she fetched the broom, swept the floor, tidied the room. Busy and happy all day was she, busy and happy as a child could be. I love you, mother, again they said, three little children going to bed. Now how do you think that mother guessed? Which of them really loved her best? We can demonstrate our love for mother if we incorporate into our lives the truths which she taught. This concept is not new to our generation. I think of Helaman, for example, in the Book of Mormon, that noble leader who stood at the forefront of 2,000 young men whom he described as having more bravery and courage than any man he had ever known. They said unto him, The Lord God is with us, and he shall not suffer that we should fall. Therefore let us go forth. And though they never before had fought, yet they did not fear God, nor did they fear death. Why? Because they had been taught by their mothers that if they did not doubt, the Lord their God would deliver them. And they recounted unto Helaman these words, We do not doubt, our mothers knew it. And after the carnage and the battle was over, Helaman said to his great joy, he observed that not one soul of them had fallen to the earth. Yea, they had fought with the power of God, even miraculous strength and mighty power. I like those phrases, miraculous strength, mighty power, love of mother, and mother's love had met and triumphed. There are many other accounts in the Holy Scripture, but there is one that stands out above and beyond any other, the place Jerusalem, the period, the meridian of time. On hand is a band of Roman soldiers. Their helmets bear the insignia of Caesar. Their shields, likewise, show that emblem, and their spears are capped by Roman eagles. There are a few natives to Jerusalem there, faded into the still of the night and gone forever, are the rowdy cries, Crucify him! Crucify him! The hour has come. 
The earthly ministry of the Son of God draws rapidly to its dramatic close. It's lonely on Golgotha's hill. Noticeably absent are the lame beggars who because of this man now walk, the blind who because of this man now see, the deaf who because of this man now hear, even the dead who because of this man now walk and live. From that tortured position on the cruel cross, Jesus looked down and beheld a woman, his mother. Then he beheld his beloved disciple, and he said to his mother, Behold thy son, and then to the beloved disciple, Behold thy mother. From that time when the world did shake and the mountains came down, all through the generations of time, there echoes and re-echoes within our ears that gentle command, Behold thy mother. When we respond willingly to that invitation, I testify that gone forever will be the legions of mothers forgotten, and mothers everywhere will be mothers remembered and mothers blessed and mothers loved. And our Heavenly Father will look down from his dwelling place and see the handiwork of his own hands and be led to say, as he said in the beginning, it is very good. May we treasure this one truth. We cannot forget Mother and remember God. We cannot remember Mother and forget God. Why? Because these two sacred persons, God and Mother, partners in creation, in love, in service, in compassion, are as one. I pray today, earnestly yet humbly, that we will honor God and honor Mother. For this is the work of the Lord, and I testify that He is the Savior of all mankind, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.